0: Welcome to the Yoga Teacher Circle podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Ray, Yoga teacher, you are needed now more than ever, and your unique voice, message, and offering needs to be shared with the world. In this podcast, we'll talk about all things related to teaching yoga to help you thrive doing what you love most, teaching yoga. So let's dive in. and conversation is self-care and preventing yoga teacher burnout. This is a huge conversation. This is a huge topic here. Self-care is such an important part of teaching yoga. We have to learn to find a balance between how much we give and how much we take time to nurture ourselves. Yoga teacher burnout is so real and it's something to be really conscious and really aware of. It can happen before you even know it. Burning out as a yoga teacher isn't talked about enough and I had to learn it the hard way. I had to learn about yoga teacher burnout from actually burning out myself. And then I started to discover that it was an actual thing. That's why I'm so passionate about having this conversation I have it early on in my 200-hour YTT programs. I talk about it with my mentorship programs, my private clients, because it's something that can happen so suddenly, so fast before you even realize that it's happening. I'll share a little bit about my story. I've burned out as a yoga teacher numerous times. I've been teaching now full-time about seven years. And within the first year of teaching, that's when, you know, you might be familiar, but that's when I was teaching about 18 to 22 classes per week just to make enough money. And it still wasn't enough, but I quickly burned out and realized if I don't change something around, I can't do this. This is not going to work. So it took time to start to build something beyond teaching 20, 22 group classes a week. But I had to transition and teaching that much, you know, I was driving around the Phoenix Valley, I was eating in my car in between classes, I was teaching sometimes four classes a day, and it was exhausting. It was so exhausting. So that was the introduction for me about what burnout could look like. And then I slowly started to kind of fade away from that. I felt a little bit better for a while in my routine. I've definitely have gone through different fluctuations of feeling like my schedule is really balanced versus burning out and vice versa. The other time that I burned out, is probably the biggest one, and that was just about two years ago. As I started to teach my very first 200 hour yoga teacher training program, I was still teaching about 10, like nine or 10 group classes a week, including private clients. I didn't change anything in my schedule once I started to lead my 200 hour program. So I was teaching a ton, I was leading a 200 hour YTT and it lasted about three and a half months. And at that point, at the end, I was exhausted. I barely had any breaks. And I realized that I added a whole new thing into my schedule. And I should have let something go to create space for that. And instead, I just added something on top of it. My body started shutting down physically, mentally, emotionally, it led to getting injured really easily, which led to this whole thing. I'm not going to go into detail, but this whole thing. And then I got frozen shoulder. It forced me to completely stop teaching. I had to actually take months off at a time and stay home and rest and recover. So I had to learn the hard way. And now it's something that I still have to work on and still focus on. That's just a little bit about why I am so passionate about this topic and conversation is because it's affected me personally. And I see it affect other teachers as well. Think about this for your own self. Have you experienced yoga teacher burnout? And I will talk about what that looks like here in a minute as well. It's so easy to say yes to every teaching opportunity. It's so, especially as a new teacher, and it's easy to take on too much which could leave you feeling drained, exhausted, uninspired, and everyone has a really different threshold for the amount that is considered too much. So over time, especially as a new teacher, we have to learn about what works for you and then fluctuating with that and honoring that. So honoring that is the key. As teachers, we are giving our energy to others. We are holding space for people to dig deep, to expand, to grow, and to heal themselves. And as incredible as this is, this can also be really draining and exhausting. It takes a lot of our energy. So understanding that we need to protect our own energetic bubble as we give is the key to protecting ourselves, protecting our energy. So we have a full cup to show up and serve. It's important that you take time for your own practice. So you're filling yourself up, you're growing, and you're practicing what you preach. You're practicing what you're actually going out and teaching. It's important to stay consistent with your own practice by going to other teachers' classes or having your own home practice. It's important to be led as a teacher and not to only be the teacher. It's so important to always remain a student as well. I wanna talk about some different ways to protect your own energetic bubble. And these are tools that I use personally. These are tools that I teach teachers in training and working with mentorship clients. Just a few simple ways to protect your energetic bubble is to ground yourself before and after you teach. We know how important this is, but this is extremely important. So this can be as simple as setting an intention for yourself while sitting in the car before walking into class, doing some type of breath work or pranayama technique before walking in, or meditating before you teach. This helps to set your own energetic boundaries before interacting with your students. And I remember when I was teaching a lot, say I was teaching the four classes a day, And I would rush in between one class to to get to the next studio to teach that class. And I didn't really have the time in between to do a proper grounding and centering. So I remember going to the bathroom, you know, peeing before class and sitting on the toilet and just closing my eyes and actually doing some breath work and meditation there and then walk into class and teach. And it was all I needed. It would help me ground. It would help me center before going in. Another important piece is to to always be aware of what is going on around you. So the minute you start to feel that someone is pooling on your energy, observe the situation. Recognize that an energy vampire is someone who pulls out your energy and invades your personal space and time. And they talk at you instead of with you. I have had many encounters with this experience with students and I had to learn over time how to set my boundaries, my energetic boundaries with students. Because when you think about it, as a yoga teacher, we come in, we're this light for people. We are this light that shows up in a lot of our students' lives. They might not be feeling good. They come to class and they might project onto us that the teacher is who makes them feel better. And not necessarily the practice itself. And a lot of people do that. A lot of students put the teacher on a platform. Like this teacher, oh my gosh, they make me feel so much better. And they get a little bit attached. So I used to have some students that after class, before class, they really wanted me and my attention. They really wanted to just to be around me, to feel my energy. And they would talk to me and tell me all their problems and what they're going through. I had to quickly learn after that experience, I would always leave that conversation with, with certain people completely drained, completely exhausted. I started to see, oh, they want my energy. It makes them feel better, but they're taking it. And I'm actually letting them. So I was actually allowing them to take it. I like to help people. I like to listen and talk to people and see others. And then I realized that I was giving my energy away without also conserving it for myself and only giving what was proper. It's really important and some signs with that is, like I said, it's a student that might be talking at you instead of this two-way conversation, this giving and receiving. So when students just want what you're giving and they're not returning anything back, that's something that can be really draining. So just recognizing, and I call them energy vampires, right? So if you're listening live with me, have you had an experience like that with someone that has been really interested in taking your energy and then you leave feeling exhausted? So that's something to be really conscious of, really aware of. Another thing to look at is and to use with practice for protecting your energetic bubble is to reconnect back to your breath. We know how important breath is. And even as a yoga teacher, sometimes we might forget to reconnect back to our breath. When our energy is being pulled out of us, we immediately lose connection to our own breath. If this is happening while you're teaching, you can feel this sense of disconnect. If this is happening with a student who is talking to you, with someone that we might consider an energy vampire, a way to protect, conserve your energy and not allow someone to enter into the space to take your energy, stay grounded, stay connected to your breath. If you find yourself in these conversations, just stay, you know, use your Ujjayi breath and don't let them take it from you. We know breath is what brings us right back to the here and now and then the other thing that i like to do is well water is an energy cleanser so after teaching a class i go straight to the bathroom wash my hands and visualize and imagine as i'm washing my hands i'm releasing any energy that i picked up that is not mine that i might have gathered from maybe a hands-on assist or just from teaching or interacting with some students. And then when I get home, I shower and I do the same thing. Now I'm rinsing my entire body, imagining that everything that I have picked up that is not mine is getting cleansed away. And that practice, I really like that because the visualization with the act of actually washing and using the water is such a powerful method and tool. Now think about for yourself, What are other ways that you protect your own energetic bubble? What are ways that you protect your own energy from students, from teaching? Now I want to talk about signs of yoga teacher burnout. So what are some signs of burning out as a yoga teacher? You are uninspired to create new sequences or prepare your classes. When we're burning out or we're in burnout, it can be exhausting to even try to get creative, to create something that you want to teach, create a new sequence, set up a new theme, whatever it is, create new playlists, just preparing for your class. It can feel exhausting. It can feel like a chore. So if you notice that you go through these phases where sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, I'm totally in the flow. I'm in the zone. Like, I'm cre- I'm in I'm in such a fluid creation mode where it's coming out of me with ease. And then other times it's just like, "Oh my gosh, I don't want to do this." We'll go through phases of both. But when one, when the not wanting to is happening for longer periods of time, that's a sign that to look at, am I burning out? Am I am I giving too much? Another one is You don't feel like taking the time for your own self practice. When you're teaching too much, sometimes the last thing we wanna do is yoga. Like we want to step as far away as possible if we're teaching too much, if we're giving too much and everything we're doing is is yoga related. Then we're like, I'm done, like put me on the couch. I wanna watch Netflix or movies or go out or whatever that looks like for you. So when you are just too tired to even do your own self-practice or to show up as a student, that's another sign to look at. When you are overwhelmed by your own teaching schedule, if, you're, if you wake up, it's Monday and you're like, oh my gosh, this week is crazy, I've got so many classes, I'm subbing, and you're overwhelmed by your schedule. You're not actually excited. It takes you into this state of overwhelm versus enjoyment, feeling pleasure, feeling joy, feeling like stoked to show up and do your work. It can feel like it's a chore to teach. Again, that that ties right into this, this feeling, this sense of being overwhelmed by your schedule. And when you show up and it feels like a chore, like, ugh, I gotta go teach another class today. That is also a sign that maybe you're doing too much. You need to scale it back. You need some more time for you. Maybe you step away completely for a few days, get some subs, refresh, recover. Another one is you're teaching on autopilot instead of a place of joy and inspiration. When we show up, we're burned out. And I, this used to happen to me when I was in my major burnout phase. I had no creative inspiration left inside me. I was like, I don't know what to talk about. I like, I just have nothing in me to give. So I would show up and I would just teach on autopilot. And I knew that I could sense the difference. I don't know if students could sense the difference, but to me, I felt completely disconnected. Like I wasn't able to be present. I wasn't able to really teach this gift of yoga. And I was just more so teaching this memorized, choreographed class. And that wasn't okay with me. Once I really realized that, that I was so disconnected, that was another huge sign to pause, scale back, do something about it. Hey yoga teacher, if you're running a yoga business or you're just beginning to build your yoga business, which I know many of you are, definitely listen in. I just launched an online course in training for yoga teachers called Grow Your Yoga Business by Nishing Down. Why is it even important to have a niche as a yoga teacher and yoga business owner or as I like to say, a yogipreneur? Are you trying to grow your private client business? Stuck in the studio, gym grind, teaching 15 to 25 yoga classes per week, which I used to be stuck in. Are you wanting to grow your income beyond $25 to $40 per class? Trying to become a full-time yoga teacher while working a part-time job in the meantime? Are you wondering where and how to find private clients and students? Wanting to build an online yoga business? Spinning around wondering what do I even post on social media? How do I create content? Wondering how to create and fill your yoga classes, your events, your trainings, your retreats? it is the first step to building your brand and business. We can't be all things to all people. If you're trying to teach and speak to everyone, you end up speaking to no one. You end up blurring into the giant sea of yoga teachers without standing out, without sharing your unique voice and message. This online workshop is seriously incredible and it's jam-packed with content to help you gain clarity on what your yoga niche is, who your ideal client is, and you'll learn how to create content with clear messaging so you attract the right people into your business along with so much more I really appreciate all of you who support and listen in to the yoga teacher circle podcast and I'd love to offer you a discount code to receive ten dollars off this course just simply use the coupon code YTC podcast at the checkout so I hope you'll join me and if you're ready to jump in you can find the course on my website at taylorrayyoga.com under niche yoga biz workshop now back to the episode Another one is that you're bored with teaching. So you're like, I'm teaching the same stuff. I'm bored, like I'm not really excited. And this all ties together, right? That ties right into, I'm bored. I don't know what to teach. I don't know if I like, what kind of new sequence do I want to teach, new theme, new playlist. You're just feeling like more apathetic about it. Or you show up and you teach and you feel frazzled. You feel unorganized, you feel drained. So there are times in our life, for sure, where we do still have to show up. We might be going through something that is challenging in our personal lives. We might be going through something that is draining our energy outside of our classes. And yeah, sure, we can't just always give up a class every single time something's happening. So there's this balance of, at some points, we have to compartmentalize and put our stuff to the side. We show up, we serve, we give. At other times, we have to look at, well, is this happening for six months now? Has this been happening for a year now? Have I been in overwhelm for months and months at a time where I'm only crashing? I'm not actually like coming up and out of it. So there's just this balance of looking at your own self. And like I said earlier, we all have a different threshold with how much is too much. We all have a different sweet spot with how many classes a week we like to teach. Private clients, group classes, workshops, trainings, however that looks for you and shows up in how you teach. So another one is your self-doubt is high and you believe that you aren't doing good enough. You feel that you're not a good teacher. You're in your head. You are criticizing everything you did in that class. You leave feeling like, man, that was not good. And again, that will happen. You're going to have classes like that. But when it happens for a consistent period of time, that's when we need to look at it. That's when we need to say, okay, am I doing too much? Because when you're, de- you're depleted and you're drained, that is when you're easier to drop into this space of not feeling good enough, okay? And then the last one is, you feel fatigued and maybe even depressed. So you're showing up again, you're just kind of in this apathetic space, you feel a little bit low, you've been feeling low for months, you have nothing to give, you are done. And when you feel like I am just done, you gotta take a break, you have to take a break. And now I wanna talk about different tips for self-care and preventing or recovering from yoga teacher burnout. So different tips for self-care and preventing or recovering from yoga teacher burnout. Get enough sleep. Get enough sleep. This is huge. We need sleep. We, we know that and at times this doesn't happen. So we need to make sure we are rested. And then of course, eating well, nourishing yourself, putting high vibrational foods in your body, putting things into your body that you know personally help you to thrive and not feel drained. Setting time for your own self-practice, whether that looks like your own home practice that is guided by you or you're a student and you show up to classes. It's important to be a student. It is so important to, to, to be a student, to show up to other classes and to just be led. When we're teaching a lot, sometimes you just gotta like stop teaching, stop thinking and just be led. Okay, so this is a big one, is to revise your schedule seasonally if needed. So it's important to look at when, you know, maybe like quarterly even, you look at or like every summer, every winter, every new year, whatever that looks like for you, you show up and you look at how is my schedule? What do I like within my schedule? What don't I like within my schedule? And this goes right into the the next little piece. To know when to say no. To let go of classes that are not a good fit anymore or that you're not as excited to teach. Again, especially as newer teachers, we say yes to almost anything and everything, which is important as a new teacher. Get out, get experience, just to gain what you need to start to teach more and more what you do like. But at some point, if you're teaching all these classes that aren't aligned, or you're not excited about, you're going to burn out over time. This is my example. And when I used to teach, there were classes where I personally learned over time, like I like to teach morning and like noon classes, and not too early. So I don't like to teach way early. I'm not a 6 to 7 am I te- I like to teach the 9, the 10 a.m. or the noon. And I used to think like, well, could I only teach that? Like, is that kind of, is that too picky? Uh, I used to teach night classes. I used to teach super early. I taught them all. And I realized that I thrived the most with my 9, 10, and 12s. Anything before or after that, I honestly hated. <laughs> like, I don't like teaching at night. I didn't like coming home. And then having to rebuild my energy up to go teach a 6 p.m. class, it was a struggle. And so I found that I would be driving to that 6 p.m., that 5 p.m., whatever it was, resenting it and already like, oh, I don't want to teach this class. I just don't I don't like teaching at night, but like I should and I have to. And it's what I was doing. So I just felt like I needed to keep doing it until I realized I can design anything, actually. Like, I am the creator of my own life. And if I want to teach certain time slots that I thrive in, why don't I just do that? And so I let go of everything else. Like, I completely put in, like, hey, here's my two weeks. And at that point, I only taught time slots that I liked. I started to say no to private clients that were not within my window of hours that I preferred to teach them. And then I started to create a schedule that actually worked for me and that I felt like excited about. The other thing that that fits into is not only is it a time slot that you prefer and like, and that works for you, is it a class style that you love? Are the students, do you love the students? Do you love the studio itself? Do you love your directors, your managers, the studio owner? And if anything is not feeling aligned and you, you keep showing up, that is going to burn you out over time. You're gonna start resenting that over time. My motto is, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. (laughs) And it took me time to follow that and to actually honor that. So anytime there's a new opportunity that presents itself to me, I ask myself, well, am I like, is it a fuck yes? Am I really stoked about this? And if it's not a fuck yes, then it's an obvious no. And then I say no. That's how you stay aligned with your own needs. So that's a that's probably like the biggest piece I would say to prevent and to recover from burnout. Let me check back in with the chat. Dawn, how can you tell whether these reactions and feelings are habitual reactions or true burnout? So I'd say that when you have the habitual reaction, like maybe it was a class. So Today I taught at 9am, like I'm just using this as an example. Say today I taught this class and I left feeling like "Uh, I didn't feel my best about it. And I'm kind of picking myself apart. I wish I did things differently. I didn't feel very connected to myself or my students. So you might feel down about yourself. You might be doubting yourself. That's going to happen, like, especially as a new teacher. Yes. So as a new teacher, we have to go through this hump of that. And then also if it's happening for long periods of time, once you get past the hump as a new teacher and now you've been out, you're teaching in the world and now you've been feeling really good about it. Like you feel like, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm doing really great. And then you might have a class sprinkled in that feels like that or you're exhausted, you're drained, sprinkled in, totally normal, but when it's happening for a long period of time, when you're showing up like that for one month, two months, three months, six months, a year, two years, and you're always feeling like that, and you're forcing yourself to just continue pushing, that's when it's true burnout. Okay, and then another thing is that can fit within that is to ask yourself, am I getting paid? What feels good? Am I driving to teach this class or this private client, and I feel really good about what I'm getting paid? If you don't, you're going to start to resent that over time. Or sometimes the financial payment, if it's not what we feel that we want, but we're receiving other benefits, like you're connecting with a really great community. You're growing your name as a teacher. You're gaining students that join you elsewhere. Like if you have private clients, if you're doing events, retreats, workshops, trainings, and your students might find you through this group class where you might be making like 20, 30, maybe 40 bucks per class. And it's not, it doesn't feel like a fuck yes, right? in the payment part of it, but everything else does feel like a fuck yes, then it might you know, make up the, the difference and the balance there. But if everything is like, this just isn't like, I just don't feel very good. I don't feel like I'm, I'm receiving what I deserve. Also in return from how much I'm giving, then that's where you need to look at because sure, in the beginning, you might feel like it's all right, I'll just try it. But over time, it's going to create this, this sense of resenting showing up and giving because you don't feel like you're receiving in return. Do you leave classes feeling fulfilled or drained? So that's when I used to look at my, my classes, my, my midday, my mornings, I left feeling awesome. Oh my gosh, I love this class, I love this studio, I love these students, like this was so fun. And then my evening classes, Uh, like, it's, it's all right. It's good. It's fine. I didn't leave like glowing. I left feeling like, man, I'm just tired. (laughs) Or, you know, like, I like the people and I was kind of like trying to talk myself into liking it. That's something to look at. And then really ask yourself this, looking at your schedule and everything you're doing now, am I teaching something that is not aligned? Am I teaching something that is not aligned? And if you're here with me live or you're watching the recording later, I'd like to hear, like, are you teaching something right now that's not aligned, that doesn't feel like it's a great fit, that doesn't fuel you? Are you teaching something that you feel like you have to pull energy out of you just to show up and do? Or do you feel like you show up energized to do it? Some other ways to just take care of ourselves, the tips for self-care as a teacher, is to stay active, of course, stay active. When we move our bodies, it releases natural endorphins that raise our mood, elevates our energy, and helps us, again, have this energy, this cup that is full to show up, to serve our students. A really important one is to find support with other yoga teachers, with friends, with mentors. So that's like this group. That's like this podcast, this, this Facebook group and podcast. That's why I started it. Like yoga teachers need yoga teachers. We need a safe space to be able to have these conversations and say like, I'm burned out. And maybe we don't want to say that to our students. You know, at this point, I'm open about it in my entire community. But sometimes we might not want to say that directly to our private client because they're paying us and we're showing up. It's important to be able to have a mentor to go to and to say, I'm feeling stuck here. I need some help. Have you experienced this? Have you felt this before? So some other tips are to take time to receive body work, receive energy work. Some massage, acupuncture, Reiki, chiropractor, whatever that looks like for you. Take time to receive energy work and body work. Fuel your physical body, your energetic body in other ways that aren't only yoga. That's not only yoga or meditation. And then of course, take time to meditate. Ground yourself. This is like the most important in my opinion. If I can't move my body, The thing that if I only have 20 minutes, it might look like a little bit of movement, but like the meditation piece is the most important for me. The meditation piece is how I center. It's how I ground. It's how I create this energetic bubble to protect myself, along with opening up my energy as a channel, as a conduit to serve, to show up. So for me, it's super important. And then let go of what you cannot control. This is big. We all like control. (laughs) We all like to control things. We wanna know the outcome. We wanna know what we wanna know now. And we want things to go the way that we expect. We want things to feel the way that we want them to feel. And it just doesn't happen like that. There's just things that we have to let go of control and just surrender to the flow of it, right? The most important one as well is to schedule at least one full day per week off. No yoga, don't teach, don't practice. Take an entire day that doesn't actually have anything to do with yoga. This used to be really hard for me. Like, I felt like I needed yoga something every single day, whether it was my own practice, whether it was teaching, and that's when I realized I need to, like, step away. I need to completely, like, have one moment, one day each week that's not related to anything that I do for work or yoga, And when I started doing that the next day, the next week after that, I felt so much more refreshed. I felt so much more excited to show up, to go to a class, to teach, because I missed it. One day, it's not a long time, but like, of course, we love it and we'll miss it and then we'll show up more excited to do that thing. So think about this as well for your own self. What are other ways that you like to practice self-care? Not only just in your personal life, but specifically related to teaching yoga. So take care of yourselves. This is so important. Take care of yourselves so you can show up and serve your students and your community. Thank you so much for listening in today. I'd love to stay connected with you in between episodes. You can find me on Instagram at Taylor underscore Ray Yoga and join the free private Yoga Teacher Circle Facebook group, which is full of some pretty awesome and badass yoga teachers.